0: Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by
1: it the men of old gained approval. By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen is not made. ...out of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. By faith, Noah being warned by God about the things not yet seen, in reverence prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, by which he condemned the world, and became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. In the book of Hebrews, we've come to this great chapter that's just the beginning of a long list of people who trusted God, and we started talking about this last time. We talked about Abel and we talked about Enoch, and we noticed that they received the testimony of God. How did they receive it? By faith. God spoke. They trusted him, and so they trusted in what he said, and so they acted according to the truth,
0: because they trusted the one who gave it to them. And God approved. And we go on to read...
1: Faith is the only access anyone has to God's approval. Apart from faith,
0: we are incapable of pleasing Him. Now that
1: is a hard thing for people to grasp. And accept. Even after we've accepted it, we seem
0: to want to continue to earn his approval. But faith trusts him, not itself. Faith repents of earning it
1: in order to receive it as grace, a gift freely given, without charge,
0: without even any particular expectation. Though, this grace does change you. And if we hear from God Almighty, and we recognize who it is, well, that changes everything. So we read, by faith, faith is
1: the assurance of things hoped for, the evidence of things unseen. Faith bears witness. When I trust the word of God, that is a testimony to the reality of the unseen God. And especially so, if I suffer as a result. Because that's really what the book of Hebrews is about. It's about a group of people who anticipated suffering for the testimony of God.
0: For their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And therefore contemplating,
1: maybe we should shut up a little bit about Jesus Christ. Or go back to synagogue and not hang out in this
0: church because the church is about to be a dangerous place to be. And so
1: the writer of Hebrews is making this argument, when you trust in the promise of God, the joyful promise of eternal life in Christ, you have nothing to fear even if you have something to fear. Even if there's a real threat to you. Even if there's a real hardship the world is going to impose upon you. That in and of itself, when you endure that by faith testifies to the reality of the glory of God to come you're saying that promise is so real to me I will even go through this for the sake of that and of course at the beginning of the next chapter of Hebrews Jesus himself is given as an example of that very thing for the joy set before him he endured the cross And so faith bears witness to the unseen things. How does anyone
0: see the unseen things of God? The faith of God's people is how? When we say that crazy saying, God is good all the time. When we trust ourselves to that truth, And people around you are going, you must be crazy. That is the evidence. That is the evidence. Now he goes
1: on, he says, for by it the men of old received God's testimony, God's approval, God's declaration upon them. And there were two things in that declaration that we looked at last time. With Abel, he was declared to be righteous. Was Abel actually righteous? Did Abel always do the right thing? Did Abel never sin? No. How does he get the testimony of God that he's righteous? By faith on the basis of the future at that time. The future sacrifice of Jesus Christ. That's how. God looks upon Jesus and he looks upon Abel
0: in Jesus because Abel trusted him so Abel receives that testimony of righteousness by faith well this
1: time we come to Noah oh we we saw three things already that faith does it draws near It seeks God. It walks with God. That's in the description of Enoch. He walked with God. You know, those are just three ways of saying the exact same thing. Draw near. Seek. Walk with. God. This is about fellowship with the living God. This is about knowing God. Personally knowing Him. And so, in Christ, we have received this reconciliation so that we have access to the very throne of God. Already, we've heard about this a lot in the book of Hebrews. It's Maybe its main exhortation is draw near, draw near, draw near. Look, Jesus has opened the way through his sacrifice. Jesus has opened. Destroyed the veil that used to separate us from the presence of God. The very holy of holies of God. So now we can just go right on in there and receive the welcome of God as our Abba Father and not his judgment. Because we go with Christ. And we are in him and just like God has imputed the righteousness of Christ to these men of old, He has imputed it to us by
0: faith. So draw near. Seek. Walk with God.
1: Live in, well, Paul said it like this, pray without ceasing. Live in the consciousness of the presence of God in your life, in your very life, Heart and
0: soul because of the indwelling of the Spirit. It's hard to imagine why you would ever want to do anything else. We should all be so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. Because we can't.
1: Now it turns out when we're heavenly minded, we suddenly become earthly good. So while we work and labor to exhibit this great love and grace that we have been shown, we are very busy. And we are busy in rest. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. Anyone here? I mean, this happens to me on a daily basis, weary and heavy laden.
0: Uh, uh, uh.
1: Life on this world in these days is not easy. And yet Jesus makes this promise, come to me, draw near, draw near. And what? I will give you rest. And so we have the opportunity in faith in Christ to work restfully. The book of Hebrews says, Strive to rest. <laughs> Strive. If you want to work hard at something, re- work hard at resting in Christ and see where that takes you.
0: You aren't going to lay down and do nothing.
1: You will have the rest of Christ, the security of Christ. The love of God has been poured out in your soul by the giving of the Spirit. You can't be lost. You can't lose. The promise of the future resurrection is yours in Him. You won already. What can anyone do to you?
0: Well, they could kill you, but then you won't be dead. Because you will be raised. And faith is the evidence of that hope.
1: Well, we better get to Noah. By faith, Noah. Now I'm in uh, verse 7, I think. By faith, Noah, being warned by God about things not yet seen, in reverence, prepared an ark for the salvation of his household, By which he
0: condemned the world. Do you know that Noah condemned the world? By building an ark?
1: Wow, that's quite a thing to say. Anyway, and by which he condemned the world, and by which he became an heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Now he's repeating himself. That's exactly what happened with Abel. Abel became an heir of the righteousness which is according to faith because Abel received the testimony of God righteous by faith and so did Noah apparently now if you look at genesis chapter 9 i mean 6 genesis chapter 6 that's the beginning of the story of Noah do you know that in the beginning of the story of Noah it is declared that God looked around the world and he said this, all
0: anyone ever wants to do is evil. Every intention of the heart of man is evil.
1: That was God's judgment of humanity. I'm sorry to tell you this, but that's still God's judgment of humanity. Because we walk apart from Him and apart from Him, everything we do is a disgrace to Him. Because it is us doing our thing. Even when we accidentally do right. It is impossible to please Him apart from faith. Apart from drawing near. Apart from walking with. Because real righteousness is the lived expression of His righteousness, not mine. Paul says this in Philippians 3, I don't want any more of that righteousness that comes from me doing anything. I want the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith in Christ. This testimony, righteous by the living god by faith noah received that the scripture says also in verse 9 of genesis chapter 6 that noah was a righteous man how is noah a righteous man is he did he never sin did he never do wrong you know that that's not the case we know that's not the case in noah's case because noah's sin later in the story, is specifically described by the text of Scripture. And yet, he is declared by God to be righteous. How? Because Jesus died for Noah's unrighteousness. It hadn't happened when Noah was alive, but it was the promise of God even then. And it was the thing God looks at to impute righteousness to Noah even before the sacrifice of Christ occurred. So, Noah was a righteous man. Oh, and the other thing it tells us about Noah back there in Genesis chapter 6 verse 9 is Noah walked with God. Noah was a man of faith. Noah trusted in God. Noah didn't depend upon his own righteousness, but he depended on God and God's provision. So, God spoke to Noah. So we read here in Hebrews, being warned by God about things yet unseen. Oh, do you hear the echo? Faith is the evidence of things unseen. And so here we have Noah being warned by God about things yet unseen. That means things in the future. What was Noah warned about? The flood. God spoke to Noah. God said, there's going to be, I've had it. I've had it. No one ever wants to do anything except evil. I've had it. I'm destroying them all. So, Noah, build a box. That's the meaning of the word ark. The Ark of the Covenant, you know that thing that went that Israel had in the, in the tabernacle and then the temple? It's a box. It holds certain precious items. And it's the box God sits on. It's the throne of God. It's kind of an important box. The ark. That Noah builds is a big giant box. And if you read the dimension, you know, it's described in the text of Genesis as a this big giant box. Noah built a box. <clears throat> now, I don't know that the world had ever <clears throat> experienced anything like a flood before. So, okay, God says there's going to be a flood, and so build a box. So, Noah, what does Noah do? And God announces to him, it is for the salvation of you and your family. It also turns out it's for the preservation of a certain amount
0: of animal life. Because this is going to be a serious flood. God
1: spoke to Noah. Noah heard what God said. And then had a discussion with God about how plausible that was. That's not what happened. Noah didn't look at God and say, What do you mean, flood? I've, nobody's ever seen one of those. What? I don't know. Maybe you're going to need to convince me. People have had conversations like that with God. Moses famously had a conversation kind of like that. No thanks. But Noah didn't do that. How do we know Noah didn't do He built the ark. Noah heard the word of God and believed the promise in the word of God. Now the text of Hebrews said God gave him a warning being warned by God. Well here's the thing, the warning also had a promise. It's a promise warning. You know this is always how it is. Because salvation, the thing promised, is salvation from judgment, the thing warned. So there's a warning, judgment is coming, and a promise, salvation is made.
0: And so, Noah believed. Noah believed the promise warning
1: of God. And so, in reverence, now this word is a very interesting word. It has a long usage, mostly in the Old Testament, and it's about being sort of dumbstruck by
0: awe. Like, that's the meaning. Can I act out the meaning of the word? That, that, that.
1: You know, when... Suddenly you're in the presence of such greatness that you're sort of paralyzed by it. You can't speak. I remember meeting a person one time. The person's not even that famous. And it was like, suddenly my mouth didn't work. That's kind of what we're talking about here. But it's this sort
0: of fearful And so, in that reverence, in the dreadfulness
1: of the warning, Noah counted on the promise.
0: He trusted the God who spoke to him.
1: He obeys the command of God because he trusts the Word of God. There's no reason to build the ark if you don't think there's a flood coming. If he's not buying what God says to him, he's not going to build the ark. Nobody else built the
0: ark. Noah trusted him. He trusted the word of God, the promise of salvation in the context of judgment.
1: And by this same faith, we read, he condemned the world. Noah's faith, that ark coming into being, Noah's action on the promise warning of God, is a big old announcement to the world. You know, in Second Peter chapter two, verse five, Peter calls Noah a
0: preacher of righteousness. Here's something I've noticed in the world preacher
1: of righteousness never goes over very well in the world. Nobody likes a preacher of righteousness.
0: I don't even like a preacher of righteousness and I might be trying to be one.
1: If you went to see a movie and the movie struck you as preachy,
0: that wouldn't be a good thing to say about it. And Noah was a preacher of righteousness, Noah's
1: action, that was the only thing he could do if he believed what God told him, and yet you could not believe what God told Noah and not build the ark unless you were really actually insane, because Noah believes he acts. do you know this is always what happens all the time, every time? That however you act is the evidence of things unseen because it's, the, because it's what your faith does. This is true whether we're talking about believing in God or believing in anything. We always act according to our beliefs. Our true faith. And so Noah truly trusts God, and so Noah builds the ark. And building the ark is the preaching of righteousness. I think Noah probably had some conversations with the neighbors as well. What on earth is this big box all about? It's an ark, there's going to be a flood. I'm going to be on the ark. You coming? But the thoughts and intentions of everyone's heart in that day was always wrong. So nobody came.
0: And so because they didn't believe the word of God. They didn't act. Noah believed he acted. And so he condemned the world.
1: Noah's obedient faith, Noah's faith acting becomes the assurance of things hoped for. Every time Noah's driving a what nail or whatever he did to build the ark,
0: every time it's an announcement, it's a testimony of things unseen.
1: By which also we read, he became an heir of righteousness. An heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. And this is simply the repetition of what the writer of Hebrews said when he said, by faith the men of old gained God's testimony. Noah is given to us as a righteous man in the book of Genesis because he trusted God. And he became an heir of the righteousness this is the, what the writer of Hebrews calls it the righteousness which is according to faith there's two brands of righteousness the righteousness that is according to faith and self-righteousness those are the only options I receive the Declaration of God righteous when I trust in the sacrifice of Christ. And I am in the, in the view of the judge righteous in Christ in spite of my great unrighteousness in myself. In Him, I stand before God righteous.
0: The only other thing I have
1: is whatever righteousness I might produce on my own.
0: This is just religion. All religion is some version of this. It's the rich young
1: ruler who comes to Jesus and says, what do I do to enter the kingdom? Jesus says, well, if you want to do things, keep the law of God. And so the guy says, the guy said this with a straight face. Oh, I've done that since I was a kid. And so Jesus points out to him that in fact he has not done that. He says, well, if you really were going to do that, you should love your neighbor as yourself. And that means sell everything and give it away. Then you can maybe come here and claim to have kept the law of God and so have a righteousness of your own. Jesus, who did have a righteousness of his own, knew the difference.
0: So I can come with whatever I've got and, you know, if we
1: compare it to the standard of God's actual law, I'm closer to
0: Hitler than I am to Jesus on the righteousness scale. And so,
1: I depend because the Word of God has announced to me that God will credit me with the righteousness of his son, if I only trust him for it. Only trust him for it. All my earning is just on the other side of the scale. And so I have faith. I trust him, not myself. This is forward-looking. How is our faith forward-looking? Noah
0: trusted a promise. A promise. I'm going to
1: execute judgment in the world, but I promise to save you, just build
0: the ark and get on. Noah believed it, so he acted. How does our faith act?
1: according to the promise warning of God. Well, I think it looks like this. We live a life that doesn't make sense apart from the promises of God. The only way I can examine your life and it makes any sense is, oh, you trust in something. You trust in the promises of God. And so you live the way you do because those promises are true. You believe them. A way of life that will look uh, maybe foolish or crazy in the world.
0: A way of life that doesn't care much about building up earthly possessions, for example. Doesn't need to build up a lot of earthly possessions. That's fine if it happens. I do my work,
1: I receive the reward fine, no problem, but these I'd give all these things away. I don't mind. They're not the thing that makes my life valuable, a life that doesn't
0: pay much attention to politics, frankly. That's the world's business. I got more important things to do. I want justice in the world,
1: so I might engage in politics in order to advance that because it's better than
0: not having it. But it's not the thing.
1: A lot of the things the world pursues as though they're the end all, be all of all things. When I know the promise of God, I rest from all that nonsense. I have to be involved to whatever extent I have to be involved, but it's not the thing.
0: It's a a way of life that uh, sticks even when it's hard. A way of life that uh, well, let's say,
1: suppose in a marriage, it's in a, in a Christian marriage, I see this, this relationship that I've committed myself to, I see it not
0: only as a way to have a happy life. It might be that and it might not be. It might not be. And I don't, I don't need it to be
1: because what it is is a testimony of the gospel according to Scripture, what it is is a much bigger deal than just the relationship between two people. It's a relationship that testifies to the unseen things by faith. So it's way more important than the world knows.
0: And sometimes that'll make us look crazy in the world. It's a way of life,
1: and especially in the book of Hebrews, it's a way of life that endures persecution for the name of Christ. It's a way of life that sticks with Jesus. You know, the story in John chapter 6, where people are departing from Jesus because of the crazy stuff he said, and he turns and he looks at the apostles and he says, will you leave as well? And Peter, speaking for the rest of them, says, no, we have nowhere else to go. We have come to believe and trust ourselves to this. This is what he said, you are
0: the Holy One of God. Now, if you believe that, you can't go away.
1: If you believe what Peter declares, Jesus Christ is the Holy One of God, you can't depart from Jesus just because life's going to get a
0: little hard. Or even a lot hard. Or even kill you hard. You won't be able to do it. This is a way of life that
1: endures persecution for the name of Christ that it exhibits the radical sacrificial love of God in Christ because I have been so utterly provided for by the sacrifice
0: of Christ how I treat other people will be crazy it will be loving in a way that the world will go
1: These people. Jesus himself said, this is how they'll know you're my disciples, by the love you have for one another. You can see this love exhibited in the fellowship of the church in day to day seemingly tedious and mundane things where one person simply
0: makes himself available for another person. That's not in his family. Or gives generously
1: just to provide for someone else or to provide for the church or blah, blah, blah. Or lets go of his career and travels to some strange foreign place to exhibit the love of Christ someplace where it hasn't been seen yet. Yet.
0: Or endures the shame
1: of simply talking about the sacrifice
0: of Christ to someone who regards such talk as stupid. To the people who will look down on you because you believe
1: in this arcane nonsense. And you really believe in it because you're willing to open your mouth and talk about it when it's
0: embarrassing. And we shouldn't pretend that it's not embarrassing. Because people will, oh, you poor thing. Well, that's good for you, I'm sure. And they don't realize that they're staying off the ark.
1: We don't seek this life, this future-looking, promise-warning, believing life does not seek the immediate discomfort of departing from God's ways. I'm sorry, the immediate comfort.
0: It doesn't say, you know, God's ways are kind of tricky right now, so just. We
1: stick with Jesus. We don't mind being regarded as stupid for doing so. We stand with Peter to say, You are the Holy One of God. Where else can we go? You are the one who provides our salvation while executing judgment. You are the rewarder and the judge. That uh,
0: text, drawing near, happens if one believes God. That text that says, the one who seeks God must believe that he is.
1: And that he is the rewarder. He is the rewarder. Well, this reminded me of that text in Isaiah, seek the Lord while he can be found. And there's a promise. It reminded me of Psalm 37. Psalm 37, where it says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desire of your heart. That's him. The desire of the heart of the person who delights in the Lord is the Lord. And so, He's not only the rewarder, He is the reward. And the fact that God Almighty makes Himself openly available to you, that is the reward. That is the thing promised. That is the access we already enjoy
0: and will enjoy even more directly in the future. is the rewarder of those.
1: Jesus said it like this, you know, the Gentiles are all seeking after all those things, you know, what what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we, wait, those are essentials. Apparently, Jesus is not too worried. He says right in, the, this is in the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, you know, God,
0: God will take care of you. Well, if I believe that, then I don't worry Anyway, he says,
1: but seek, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he'll give you everything else too. The writer of Paul in Romans says, if God gave you his son, is he going to deprive you of
0: anything good? No.
1: So when it just seems like it to me, I don't just quit. I trust the promise. Jesus said, ask it will be given. Seek, you will find. If you seek him,
0: you'll find him. By faith, Noah built an ark.
1: By faith, Noah became the an heir of the righteousness. That is, by faith. He also became an announcement of judgment. That's not, well, probably wasn't a comfortable place to be. But when you announce judgment, you also announce salvation. And you receive the testimony of the living God, righteous, pleasing to God. Father, we give you thanks for your goodness is,
0: <laughs> well, just past comprehension. Really. We thank
1: You. Lord, we trust ourselves to You. We worship You with our lives. We recognize we've been bought with the price, the precious blood of Christ. So, Lord, we rest in Him. And Lord, I pray that by the work of the Spirit in our hearts, we might Every day, throughout the day, lean on this. Rest in Him. Trust in what you've done for us. And Lord, that our lives would become exhibits, would be the testimony of things unseen, so that people might hear. And Lord, we pray that you would work in the lives of those people that hear our testimony so that they would see Christ
0: and experience this same grace. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.